0: How many of you guys have ever had this thought? What would my life be like as a movie? Have any of you ever had that thought? Or maybe you're in a, you're in a movie and you look and you're watching it and it's so intense and you have the thought of, well, my life seems kind of boring compared to that. I, I, I often have this thought of our lives are stories that we're writing. The problem is sometimes we take our everyday I think Brady Boyd said it this way. We take our everyday and we compare it to someone else's highlight reel. Facebook is perfect at this because Facebook or Instagram or pretty much any social media that people are on, maybe you're on social media, you get on it and you look and you say, "These are their family is so adventurous. Their family is so exciting. They've got it all together. They're perfect. And what you're doing is you're looking at the fact that you woke up this morning Three of your four kids wet the bed or something like that. Uh, you know, you, you try, you're trying to get out the door and you're rushing because, because one of the kids goes to the bathroom in his pants or her pants right before you get out the door. And you look at your everyday, the story that you're writing everyday, and you compare it to someone else's highlight reel of their life. And that's where we could kind of get in trouble. But what I want to talk to you guys about today is that we need to let other people be a part of our story. We need to let others play a part in the story that we're writing. Uh, we're not meant to be alone. I look at the the story of creation. God, God made, God made Adam, put him in a perfect place. Even man being in a perfect place, he could not die. Everything was beautiful. God still said of him it's not good for man to be alone now okay let's pause for a second and there's the there's the obvious implications of he could not have kids on his own so God had to create a woman but there's also a lot that plays into that of we're not designed to live our lives by ourselves we're designed to have fellowship inside inside of our lives so this last week, I was uh, I, I go to men's ministry. If you if you're a man in here and you don't go to men's ministry, I'd highly encourage you to go. But before men's ministry, we have kind of a, a leaders huddle. It's not even a leaders huddle. It's just it's kind of open to the public. Anyone that wants to come, they can come. But we're we're in this leaders kind of get together. And uh, this guy right up here, is Skip Encore. A lot of you probably know him. He 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 had the opportunity to share a little bit, and he was reading out of this book. What was the book called again? A look of li- a look at life from a tree stand, so are there any hunters in here? I know a couple of us are hunters uh the three of us four yeah <laughs> five five of us um, a tree a tree stand is a great place to contemplate a lot of stuff that's going on in your life and and this book is like going through just kind of. Uh, thoughts from a tree stand, if you could say it that way. And, and, and Skip begins to read this story about this guy who was super excited about going on this four day hunt and he's, he's, got, he's got his list together ahead of time and he gets all of his stuff together and he's, he's all ready and he's picked out, in his mind, the perfect spot because it's way in the back of the property where no one ever goes. So he gets up there and he, he goes out the first morning and he's all excited and he gets all set and he doesn't see anything. And then the guy. Goes out the next day and gets all set and then he doesn't see anything. And then he goes out the third day and the same thing happens. And, and it talks about, the story talks about in this point, he's beginning to get in, discouraged. Well, he's walking around uh, the, the, the camp or the house and, and there's the guy that, that knows the property, the guy that kind of runs the property, the guy that's been on the property for years and years and years. And he bumps into this guy and this guy says, if you want, to get a shot at a good deer, you've got to sit right behind the camp, or I think it was a house actually, right behind the house. You gotta sit in this spot and at 5 30 or whatever the time was, the guy said the exact time. He's like at 5 30, look up, and there'll be a deer there. And this guy kinda of thinks, Well, I kind of I got nothing to lose. I could go back to the spot where I haven't seen anything for days, or I could go in this spot that this guy tells me to go. Well, the next morning or the next day he decides to go in that spot where that guy says, it was the evening. The next evening he decides to go in that spot and and he goes and he he quietly sneaks in there and he sits down and a little bit of time goes by and all of a sudden he hears the familiar, it says the familiar crunching of leaves and you hunters can understand this. You hear the leaves crunching and you get excited and he looks up and there's a buck standing right there and he, he pulls up and he shoots the buck with the rifle and the buck drops just right by there and it, and he looked at his watch, and it was the exact time that that guy had said to look up. And the story kind of climaxes with this thought, this thought: you've got to allow other people to speak into your life. You've got to you've got to listen to the wisdom that other people have. Sometimes I wish my kids. <coughs> excuse me. Sometimes I wish my kids would understand that I'm telling them not to jump on the couch for a reason, because they can get hurt really, really bad. Uh, the other day, my kids were playing, and I remember just telling them, hey, you shouldn't do that, and right after that, my daughter got hurt doing the exact thing that I told her not to do, and part of, like, obviously, my, the, the fatherly heart in me has compassion, and I hug her, but at the same time, I tell her, well, you shouldn't have done that. I was trying to help you, but so often, So often, we can do the same thing in our lives. We could try to live our lives on our own without other people speaking into it. Statistically, they say that that kids have five adults speaking into their life or more. And and I think the same is true as we get older. We still have people speaking into our lives, but we don't evaluate it the same. But it kind of goes like this. A kid has a mom and a dad and maybe a grandpa, and a football coach, and a teacher, or a volleyball coach, or a ballet instructor, and we have all these adults that that speak into kids' lives. And the thing is this, this is kind of my thought to get us going this morning. If you look at a child, if we're not intentional about who we let speak into that child's life, we can't direct where that child goes. But if we could be intentional about the influences and the voices that are speaking into that child, we can direct where that child's gonna go as they get older. Now, obviously, I should put a disclaimer in there that says things can go different than planned. Obviously, how many of us have kids? We can all say, wow, that goes different than what we planned, but we can still be intentional about it. And the same thing is true with us. We have to be intentional about who we let influence our lives because if we're not, voices will just begin to speak in at random. A couple verses I wanted to share with you guys this morning, or this morning, this evening, it's not more, oh no, I spilled my water, that's why I like my other bottle that I forgot, but um, okay, a couple of verses I want to share with you guys this evening as we're getting going, First Corinthians 15 says this, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals if you look at that in some other verses it might say or some other versions it might say bad company corrupts good character it's this idea that if we just allow people to come in that have that are bad company they're going to influence our our lives to do bad things it's a pretty simple verse proverbs twenty seven seventeen says this Iron sharpens iron, so one man, or woman, so one man sharpens another. It's this idea of we, we influence the people that are around us. I think it's Maxwell who says, if you take your five closest friends and average their income together, you'll be right about what your income is. Because this isn't just like a spiritual thing. Sometimes we reverse this and we're like, oh, that's a spiritual thing. But that's also just a natural thing. The people around us begin to influence us. I remember when I first started uh, started on staff here, I started in, in, uh, in the youth as a youth intern, and I was hanging out with now one of my best friends, but back then he was just kind of becoming a really good friend, uh, Pastor Daniel. We were hanging out, and all of a sudden I found myself doing the things that he liked to do. It was just natural because his his life impacted my life, so I found myself doing things like riding mountain bikes, or riding wakeboards, or water skiing, or, or tubing more. I didn't, I didn't do these things when I was younger much, because first of all, I didn't have the opportunity. But second of all, no one was there to take me. But the people around me, as in, in this case, Pastor Daniel, he began to influence me. And the same thing that that said, that verse said, 1533, 1 Corinthians 1533, said, bad company corrupts Good morals, the same thing is true the other way. Good company influences me in good ways. It's just natural in how that, that works. But sometimes, sometimes we just let friends happen to us. It's kind of like earwax. I was talking to someone, this is probably like a really bad <laughs> illustration, but it's like, where does earwax even come from? It just, <laughs> just kind of happens and how often, you could see this definitely in like younger culture, where where people just let friends happen to them like earwax. I don't know why they're my friend, they just are. Maybe they rode the bus together, or maybe they were on the same sports team, or maybe they, they had a class together, or they went to college together, or for us, maybe it's we work together, and it could be friends just happen. And And I think... I think what God is trying to say to us in some of these verses is we have to be intentional that friends don't just happen to us, but we're intentional in the friends that we choose and the voices that we allow to become in our, to, to come into our life. I was talking with Pastor Josh this last week. We were in a meeting, and I was beginning to share about my message, and he made a great point. He said we we got to be careful because if we let some people influence our life, it takes us in a negative direction. So the obvious question that we have to begin to ask ourselves is, who are the other people in our story? Who are the others that we're allowing to impact our lives in ways? Proverbs 18.21 Proverbs says this, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. It's this warning of don't try to do life on your own. But isn't that what the devil tries to get us to do? How often have we made a mistake? Whether it's you cut someone off in, a, in, 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 the, in the lane next to you, or I'll just be honest, uh, several years ago I was driving home, and I stopped at, a, I stopped at the, the, the light, and it was red. I was planning on turning right. I'd look to the right. There was some tall grass. I didn't see any cars or anything. I looked to the left. There was nothing. So I turned to the right. And right when I go to turn to the right, there's a guy in front of me. And I I I, I stopped right before I like hit him hard, but he put his hands on my hood. And how often in moments like that do you have the devil sit there and say, if somebody knew about what just happened? You know, or something else happens. Maybe maybe uh, maybe it's intentional or maybe it's not sometimes sometimes things just happen to us like the the internet is the greatest tool in the world but it's also the most horrible tool in the world because you could be getting on the internet trying to look up something that's good you type in something and all of a sudden something that's very very bad pornographic and image pops up and the 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 the, the not cool part about that is our minds are like vaults and they hold images. And all of a sudden, the devil sits there and says, ooh, if somebody knew. And what the devil tries to do is the, travel, the, the devil tries to get us to isolate ourselves and live on our own. Because, because that's where he can have his way. It's the, the Bible says the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you know how lions hunt? They come up against a big pack of wildebeest, and they try, to, they try to find the weak one, and they put a wedge in and try to isolate, and that's exactly what the, what the enemy tries to do to us because he knows if he can get us to isolate ourselves, he can run with us how he wants to. He who isolates, he who separates himself seeks his own desire and quarrels against all sound wisdom. But what we need to do is we need to, let, we need to let other people have a positive impact in the stories that we're living out in our lives. We need to let other people. I can, I can name people that, that have caused me to be who I am here today. I could tell you that if it wasn't for my friend Patrick Konecini, who he's in uh, he was on staff here for a while. He's now in California. If it was not for him, I would not be standing on this stage right now. Because I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't step foot in a church until just before I was 16. I've been best friends with him since I was five years old. And every week, two to three times a week, that guy would ask me, how many years is that? 10 nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Eleven years. Yeah, I know. I'm counting with my fingers. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Eleven years Two times a week, that guy said, hey, you want to go to church? You want to know what I said for 11 years, two times a week? No, I'm okay. Oh, I've got other things to do. I'm not interested. Thanks, but no thanks kind of thing. That's what I did for a, but he was persistent. And you want to know what? When I, just before I turned 16 with some things that were happening in my life, I had this question of how can I choose not to live for God if if I have not sought out who he actually is? So I called up Patrick. I'm pretty sure he probably passed out when I said this, but I said, Patrick, can I go to church with you today? I wish I didn't call him. I wish I would have said it in person so I could have seen his face. But because of Patrick, I'm standing here today. Because I chose to let Patrick play a part in my story, I'm standing here. If it wasn't for Pastor Daniel Vanderklok, I would not be standing here today because that guy has shown me what it really means to truly seek after God with all my heart. Not that I'm perfect at it. I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect at it because I'm far from it but if it was not for that guy I would not be standing right here today There's a there's a small group leader when I was at Michigan State University for a couple of years I was leading small groups a guy named Mark if it was not for him seeing leadership potential in me I would have never chose to come on staff at this church and I would not have met Pastor Daniel and I would not be standing here today Because of the people that I've chosen to let influence my life I've Become who I am. And all of us can say that. We can all point back in our lives and say, these are the people that have influenced why I'm here right now. <coughs> some may be really good, some may be not so good, but people influence us. So they influence us in two ways they influence us in positive ways and negative ways. And this is really what they do. Friends stop us from doing some things and encourage us to do other things, right? They stop us from doing some things, encourage us to do others. In Proverbs 17, 17, it says, A friend le- loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. We are not meant to live in isolation. This, this verse is saying, have friends, influence your life in positive ways. I want to tell you guys a, a story of, of a man in the Bible. You, you've probably heard this story, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to share it again so that you can see what isolation does to this guy. So, so this guy's name is David. He's the king of Israel, and Israel is, is flourishing underneath his leadership. So it says uh, in the stories found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, it says, then it happened, and I'm just going to read this to you. It says, then it happened in the spring at the time when kings go out to battle that David, listen to this, David sent Joab, that's like his high commander, that's his number two guy, that's like his best friend. It says, David sent Joab, his servants, and all of Israel with him. So, David is sending out everyone that's able to speak into his life. It says, and they destroyed the sons of Ammon and besieged Reba. But listen to this it says, but it's never good when a, when a story's going, going in the right direction and then there's a big but in the way. It says, but David stayed at Jerusalem. As you go through this story, what ends up happening is David one, one uh, evening goes up. He goes up on the roof of his house, and uh, this would be the palace. It's going to be probably the highest point in the kingdom besides possibly the temple. But it's going to be way up high, and everything around it is going to be lower. And it says, as he went up on the roof of his house, he looked down and he saw a beautiful woman bathing. So this woman's name is, is Bathsheba. And this is what it says in verse 4. It says, David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Have you guys ever been watching a movie? I'm bad at this. I'm, I'm, when, when I see things like this happening in movies, I, like, squirm. I'm like, no, don't do it. I can't, I can't watch things like this happen. Is anyone else like that? Because you're looking, and you're like, this is not going to end well. If you're talking about like, like battles and stuff in movies, I'm good. But when someone is doing something that's going to destroy their life, I just, I, it's, it's so hard for me to watch because it pulls at my heart. And as you're reading this story, you can begin to see it. David sends everyone that has influence in his life away. And he's up there. And if David would have just had someone that could have said, David, don't do this. David, don't, don't do this. This is not going to be good. So David lay with her. And when she had purified herself from her uncleanliness, she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. I can imagine, I can imagine what it was like for David at this moment, because if you think about how it all had to play out, David had this moment this night where he didn't have anyone to speak into his life because everyone's away. He had this moment, and I can imagine that it's like tearing him up inside. Him, the thought of, man, I should not have done that. I should not have committed adultery with that woman. And just to, to, to lay this out there for those who might not know the story, she's actually married to one of David's high officials in his army that's at war. So I can imagine David's kind of like at turmoil inside. I I don't want to ask you, but I'm sure all of us could raise our hand and say, I've done something. And afterwards it was eating me alive. you'll, You'll know that statement. It's eating me alive. And I can imagine David has been eaten alive for weeks at this. And I imagine just as he's Finally, probably getting his emotions under control, he's kind of grounding himself. All of a sudden, this messenger comes in and says, oh, by the way, that woman that you stole and, and, had, and had sex with, she's pregnant. And I can imagine the boat that David was in that moment rocked a little bit. And I can, I can also wonder that he probably thought, man, I wish someone would have told me that I shouldn't have done that that I shouldn't have done that. So she comes and says, I'm pregnant, or she sends a a message and and says, I'm pregnant. It says, then David sent to Joab saying, send Uriah the Hittite. So So Joab sent Uriah, that's Bathsheba's husband, to David. When Uriah came, David asked concerning the welfare of Joab. So he kind of makes some small talk. And then he says, go down to your house and wash your feet. Uriah exits, excuse me, Uriah exits, and he doesn't go home. He stays with the soldiers and the guards at the palace, and David's like, what's up with that? And, and, and David's trying to get Uriah to go home so he can cover up his mistake. He's scrambling, right? To, to unfold the story to what ends up happening is David realizes that he has to, he has to cover himself up because he doesn't want to come clean. He ends up having Uriah killed while in battle to cover up his mistake. So Uriah dies. Oftentimes, when we could try to live our lives in isolation, and it could cause the biggest mistakes in our life. What would have happened if David would have simply gone to Uriah and said I'm sorry this is what happened will you forgive me I'm sure it would have been a, a, an ugly moment for a second but instead David trying to cover up his act has Uriah killed and there's implications that actually rain out throughout all of David's life with that uh, David it's is is is, is declared a man of war at that point pretty much in God's eyes. David wants to build a temple for the Lord, but the Lord says there's too much blood on your hands, but your son will do it. And it all climaxed at this moment in David's life. The truth is we need other people in our lives because other people stop us from doing things we shouldn't do but other people can encourage us to do things that we should. I love this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Three men, uh, three Israelites that find themselves wrapped up in another kingdom under a wicked king, and uh, the king declares a whole bunch of bad things, but he says, you guys need to worship me and only me. He puts up a gold statue, kind of does all this stuff, And, and, and these three men... Stand strong in the midst of this king. They they stand strong in the midst of this king, and the king brings them forward. And he says, "I'm going to give you one more opportunity. When you hear the music, bow down and worship my gold statue. If you don't, you're going into the furnace to be burned alive." There there's strength we can have by ourselves, but there's more strength when we're in a group. These three men stand together. And this is what they say to the king. We will never worship you. If you throw us into that fire, perhaps our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we're never going to worship your statue. And I hear that and I'm like, really? I mean, I think of like bonfires and those are pretty hot. So the king gets furious, and he elevates the heat of the furnace seven times hotter. And he has two guys, or some guys grab Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the fire. It says that the fire was so hot that the guards that threw the men into the fire died. And these men were willing to stand and say, even if God doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down to you. Friends can encourage us to do what we know is right. Even in moments when we're standing outside of a blazing fire, friends will encourage us to say, to stand strong. As that story goes on, just to kind of wrap it up here real quick before I get into this next quick second. Uh, As the story goes on, it says, the three men were wandering around in the fire and there was another with them and it looked like the son of God. It's kind of crazy. Uh, God protects them they come out of the fire it ends up making a big impact in in the kingdom the 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 king begins to have respect for the the god of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego but we all need to have just like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego had each other we all need to have someone in our life that can speak truth in the midst of chaos and encourage us or tell us we shouldn't do something that we should so so you guys remember you remember King David I wanted to kind of wrap up with this, and then I got an exercise for us. So you guys remember King David? This horrible thing happens. He has uh, uh, an adulterous relationship with with Bathsheba. He has this relationship with Bathsheba. She conceives. uh, He has her husband killed to cover it up. He takes her as his wife. And then there's one person, there's one person that's willing to stand up to David. This, is, this guy's name is Nathan. The, the Bible says that Nathan came to him and begins to tell David this story. And we think of David now, he's described in the New Testament as a man after God's own heart. But when you look at David's story, the dude messed up big time. But the reason that we can call him a man after God's own heart is because Nathan was willing to step up to David and tell David, David, what you did was wrong and you need to repent. And there's actually, uh, there's moments in in the Bible where David gets on his hands and knees and he tears his clothes and he puts ash on his forehead and he puts burlap on himself because he's repenting before God. But it all comes down to this. The reason that David... Now we consider him a man after God's own heart is he had, su- he had another person in his story that was willing to say, David, you messed up. You made a mistake. You did wrong. He had another person to encourage him to do what was right. If you look in the New Testament, you've got men like Paul and Peter who are encouraging others. Peter was messing around, messing up big time Uh, And and Paul went to him and confronted him and said, this is not the way you should live. All of us need somebody to encourage us. We can't do it on our own. We're not designed to do it on our own because we need people to sharpen us and we need people to call call us up to who we're meant to be. So it comes down to this question. Who is a part of your story? Because your life is a story. You may be in a a moment of your story that's crazy exciting, or you may be in a moment of your story that's difficult. But you're writing a story. Who is a part of your story? So this is is what I want to do real quick. I've got a little exercise for you guys. There's three questions. Can you put up those questions? This is three questions I want you to think about for a couple minutes. The first one is this. What is the greatest God part of your story? So whether you've been living your story for, I've been living mine for 34 years. Maybe you've been living for 44 or 64 or maybe it's 14 or whatever it is. What's been the greatest God part of your story? The second question I want you to spend a minute thinking about is this. What, what do you feel God is doing in this chapter of your story? What do you feel like God's doing right now in your life? Maybe you're on a chill moment. Maybe you're on a moment where things are ramping up and exciting. Maybe you're on a moment where things are slowing down a little bit and it's, you're going into a season of relaxing. What do you feel like God's doing in this chapter of your story? And the third question is this. Who has impacted your story? What other characters have made an influence in where you are right now in your story? So we're going to take a few minutes. I'm going to prep you. We're going to take a few minutes with this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to find one other person in this room to share these answers to. Because we want to let other people influence us and impact our stories. And we want to be willing to impact other people's stories so you got a few minutes just kind of think about these and then we're gonna get up and we're gonna find someone we don't know so well and we're gonna share a one or all of these answers all right so this is what we're going to do uh, maybe one of the questions jumped out to you, and you only got a chance to kind of sit on one. The one that jumped out to me was like the second one. What do you feel like God is doing in this chapter of your story? But if you can, um, I would encourage you to do this. Uh, I'm going to pray real quick, and we're going to be dismissed in a second. But but please just find some person that you can share this with. I'm not saying have a, a 15 minute conversation. I'm saying just find someone, introduce yourself, say hi. My name is for maybe Tim. And this is what I feel like God's doing in this chapter of my story. And to share a part of your story with someone that's in here because maybe you can encourage them. So let me go ahead and pray. Uh, and then you guys, like I said, you're free to, free to be dismissed, but find one person before you go that you could share and be a part of their story and they can be a part of yours. So if you would bow your heads, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, that you are a God that delights in us. Thank you, Father, that you're walking through our stories with us. And and most importantly, Lord, thank you that you're a major character in each of our stories. Father, help us to continue to surrender our lives over to you more and more. Help us to give ourselves completely to you. Help us to, to rest in you. And, Father, I pray for anyone's uh, story right now that they're going through in their life. If there's anything uh, that that they're going through that they need just victory or deliverance from or healing in uh, or, or even accountability in, Lord, I pray that you bring that into their lives right now. Lord, we just love you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.